0: I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit for a moment. And I want to talk to you about what the Holy Spirit has meant in my life and what a difference the Holy Spirit has made in my life. There's a, and I want to share a little bit of testimony with you about how the Holy Spirit worked in my life. Um, I would say this that growing up in, in a church, a liturgical church, not a church like this one, not a church that would believe in the Holy Spirit quite like we do, they may have it somewhere on their doctrinal statement, but, but there wasn't uh, any what I would call the movement of the Holy Spirit in our services. So really uh, growing up and going through catechism and going through First Communion and you know, helping the priest there and all this uh, and even going to those schools for many years. Uh, never really heard about the Holy Spirit. In fact, to be honest with you, I never. uh, and probably it was my fault that I wasn't listening, but I never remember hearing a clear declaration of the gospel, which is that we are sinners and that we need a Savior. And there is a Savior. And He came 2,000 years ago, and He died on the cross. He was buried, and on the third day rose, and 40 days later, He ascended. And now, now, whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely, He wanted a relationship with me. But I, I just had church. I didn't have a relationship with him. And so growing up, there was an emptiness in me. I, I've shared many times with people that uh, if you, you know, it's growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, if, if I could have just kind of in a word or so described my life, it would have just been empty. I was just an empty person. But I mean, you know, some people are empty and they don't know they're, they're empty. They just think this is the way it is. And they don't know, you know, they just are empty, and they don't know why they're empty. And that was kind of my life. I was just an empty young man and just kind of moving through life. And our, our home life, as though my parents probably did the best they could, but like many of you maybe in this room, my home life was very tense. Now, next Saturday, I'm going to share some things with you men that I really never shared, but with a few people in my life, some things that I believe will be very meaningful to you as, as men. Because I think, since I'm, not, since I'm not preaching on Father's Day, let me get my Father's Day message in. I think in each young man's heart and young lady's heart, there is a father, there's a cry. There's a, there's, a, there's a father, almost like a father wound, that every young man and every young lady wants to hear those affirming words and wants to have that that strong good relationship with their father And when that's missing there's there's something missing in a person's life and there's many young people in our culture today there's just an emptiness in them because they have that father wound and some of you can relate to that and so we're going to talk about that and i'm going to share i believe i'm going to share i hope i don't back out uh but i'll pray about it but i want to share some things with you men that i believe will be very meaningful to you and i believe it will will help you on a very deep level because really, the men, the men that have helped me in my life, the men that have done more to bring healing to, to, my, to the father wound, is men of God. God has brought great men of God into my life, and they've modeled integrity, they've modeled great marriages, they've modeled prayer life, they've modeled uh, uh, great, great discipline in their life, and they've done more to help me than I could ever tell you. But... Um, but growing up in, in Alabama, there was just an emptiness in my heart, an emptiness in my life. And uh, I was a sinner, and I was pretty good at it. How about you? Come on, amen? We're all really good at sin, you know, and I don't want to glorify that. I know I hear people share stuff that is too much, you know, in a public setting. You ever, you ever heard someone share stuff, and then you're like, ooh, and then all of a sudden the audience kind of cringes, you're going, that's a little, little, little too much there. So I won't share any of that, but I was really good at sin. Because I, that's what we are. That's what people outside these walls, they sin because they have a, an engine on the inside. And it's called the sin nature. And, and a lot of churches want to deal with, with the fruit. And they never deal with the root, what's in a person's heart. God, Jesus wants to deal with the root. He wants to pull up the tree and, and pour poison on it. And pour really grace on it. And transform it. I mean, no, Jesus is in the transforming business. He can transform your life. He transformed my life. I can tell you this. I am not the same person that I used to be. Now, I'm not all that I want to be. Come on, Sister Childs knows that. Come on, amen. I mean, I'll be married 33 years here in a few days. Come on. (laughs) And my daughter says, oh, yeah, I'm glad. you." She told me she was leaving. I said, I'm going with you. (laughs) No, not really. She didn't say that. Not really. But, uh, you know, after 33 years and four daughters, you know, you learn some things. But I know that in my life there was just there was just this emptiness in my life and and i know this about the young people that are here and these young people that are in these classrooms out here you, satan is not going to wait till they're 15 16 17 18 20 years old there's listen there's so much that kids are exposed to today, and they don't even have to leave their room. They can literally just be in their room on a computer and be exposed to the most demonic filth that the world could yet you can ever even imagine, and it damages them on a deep, deep soul level, a deep soul level, and the enemy wants to corrupt little hearts and corrupt little minds. That's why we need children's ministry. Thank God for Keith and and Michael, thank God for those helping in opening in our nursery. We need to bring these kids in. We need to love these kids. Brother Reese, this, this, uh, this year, he's on, on, what was it, Tuesday? or Thursday. Thursday, he did Men and Women of Honor right here. And once a week, people that don't go to this church are bringing their kids that, that, are, that are connected with the Men and Women of Honor from the school system are bringing them here to this building. And he's teaching them and he's ministering to them right here in this building. I say amen to that. You, that's great. That's what they need, and not be out, you know, whatever, smoking dope or, you know, running around and doing this. They could be here learning the Word of God, having a good time, etc. And also camp. They're heading to camp. Our kids are going to camp, and they need that in, a, in a, a, an important way. So in my life, there was just this emptiness, a lot of sin, a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of emptiness in our home. There wasn't that, that bond of love. Every child, hear this, every child deserves to be loved. Do you know that? doesn't matter if you have, you know, lots of fancy stuff to give them. The most important thing is love. They need that love. That's the glue that keeps families together. Really didn't have that. My parents did the best they could, but there wasn't that love of God that was there. So as time went along, different, you know, different things happened. I'm, I'm going to kind of fast forward through this because I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit has meant into my life. Now, let me say this. We need to be witnessing. We need to be sharing the Lord. I was watching a video this morning. Of, uh, of a gentleman in Canada. And Jason, you probably know this gentleman. He'd just been arrested. He was just arrested. The black gentleman, he's an awesome man of God. Man, I want to meet that guy. We need to get him down here. Get that guy out of Canada and get down here where normal folks are. But this black gentleman black preacher. He just goes out on the street with a, little, with a little amplifier, and he's out on the street of Toronto, and he's just proclaiming the Lord. He's, he's just, and then when they start heckling, I, I figured out his strategy. He starts, uh, they start heckling him and everything. he just get a little microphone. he just walk away, keep on preaching. I'm thinking, man, that dude is smart right there, but he's just been arrested in Toronto. They put him in jail, and so, uh, but a witness is a powerful thing. Now, let me just tell you how people are going to get saved. There's a lot of ways God could do it. You know, God could send angels to get folks saved. God could write God could it on the sky. But you know what God does? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Anybody know that verse? You shall receive power. power dunamis. That's, dunamis is the Greek word. That means supernatural power in action. God wants to fuel you today in this service to do what? So we can come back next week and hear another sermon? Well, I hope you come back here. So that's a good thing. But God doesn't just want us to amass sermons, He wants to get you in action. He wants to activate us, like Brother Jason standing out here with a sign, saying, "Hey, turn in here. I'll pray for you." And some people did. He wants to activate you. Why? You shall be witnesses. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come on you, and you shall be my what? Witnesses. My witnesses. And we need to open. We need to get full of God's love and mercy, and see not what people are, but what they can be. If we, if they, if the grace of aren't you glad? That Jesus didn't pull up to that shore and that demonic guy, and Jesus just go, well, man, you're demonic. Quit being demonic. What's wrong with you? Look at you crying out. Look at you cutting yourself, you dummy. What are you doing that for? You could go, you know, instead of of that, he saw what he could be and he ministered to him. We were all like that before we got saved. Isn't that the truth? We were all like that. I have a gentleman, his name's Mike Olmsted. We called him Doc. And every once in a while, he'll uh, text me. Text me here in the last couple weeks. And he'll text me. And the text will go kind of like this. When we were pastoring in Pennsylvania, he came to our church. He was a finance guy for a car dealership. That's why we called him, called him doctor, not because he was a medical doctor. He was the money doctor. He could be funny with the money, you know, and get you a car. And, but Doc was a cocaine addict. He was a drug addict. And uh, he would come... Uh, The the people that owned the car dealership went to our church, and this guy did the finance for them, so they they started praying for him. They started having Bible studies there, and finally they got him to church. And so Mike came, and Mike would be stoned out of his mind on cocaine. I mean, that man, he's really enjoying the service. Didn't remember a thing, but hey, he's enjoying it. You know, he's Isaacite, and he started coming. But you know, here's the cool thing. Jesus wants you to come like you are. He can do the changing do you know, if we'll just get under the Word of God, if we'll just get under the Holy Spirit, if we'll just let God do His work, just get them here. Just gather them in. I don't care how, if their marriages are messed up, if they're on drugs, whatever they are. That is not the thing that matters. Get them here. Why? The gospel is the power to salvation. It can bring them out. And so Mike started coming. And we worship always like we did this morning. We'd preach like I'm preaching today. And it was in those services that God... Began to do a real work in him. And then in one of those services in an altar about right here, Doc called upon the Lord and did such an amazing work in his life. Completely broke the power of drugs off of him. Drugs were not a part of his life. After that, I'm not saying he didn't have a struggle, not say he didn't, didn't like relapse every once in a while, but but in the end, God completely set Doc free. And then I started getting, up Doc at five, getting Doc up at 5 in the morning, and I'd have 5 o'clock prayer meeting at the church, and Doc was faithful to come to those prayer meetings. He told me later, he said, if it had not been for those early morning prayer meetings, I probably would not have made it. Today, you know what Doc Olmsted, he's not in Lancaster anymore, Pennsylvania. Today he's in Jackson, Tennessee, and he runs a drug and and like a teen challenge drug rehabilitation type thing. He runs that called it's called Boys Town, and he takes these kids out to churches and they minister and they testify and and, and that's what he's doing. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Let's and and so, but it was that it was Sylvia and um, Sylvia. What was her name? Uh, 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 I forget their name. Yeah, Ken and Sylvia, they're the ones that invited him. Do you know how, you know what my bridge into Christ was? It was a witness. It was a young lady between my fourth and fifth period class. And I'd, I'd kind of gotten in some messes, and I know none of you have gotten any messes, but just uh, let me have my testimony here, right? Amen. And so she, she came to the locker, my locker. She's just down from mine. Her name was Renee. And she said, she said, she said, man, you are a stinker because I've gotten in some mess. She said, you're a stinker. He said, you need to come to my church. That's all she said. You need to come to my church. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll come to your church. I've been to a church before, but what I didn't know, I didn't been to this kind of church. They talk funny language at that church. They lift their hands at that church. They sing really loud at that church. They, they preach different than the place where I went. But here's the thing. There was life there. Amen. Come on, there was life. It was, there was something real there. You know what it was? It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. And what I didn't know is God was being gracious to me. Yes. I mean, God could have just, he, God didn't owe me anything. He could have let me go to hell and burn forever. And you know what I could have said, would have said? I deserve it every bit because I've sinned against you 10,000 times. But in God's mercy, you know, He's reaching for us, He's reaching for lost people. There's people home right now that are going, man, I just I don't know why I'm so empty. They were just like me. I don't know why I feel so empty. You know, I was out last night, they may say, you know, and we partied and we slept around and we did thus and so. And those people are living right around this church, within miles of this church. And the party is over now and the bar scene is over now. And guess what? They're home and they're empty. And they're empty. That ache and, and their heart aches. There's no peace. There's no joy that's there. There's no, there's no real joy outside of Jesus Christ. There's no joy outside of Christ. None. No true joy. All, all the drugs and the alcohol or whatever, all that's just temporary stuff that just mask it. Only Jesus can bring peace in our heart. Remember that lady? By the way, Jesus said, if you drink of this water, you're thirsty again. But if you drink the water, 414 of John, you drink the water I give, you will never thirst again. So I went to this young lady's church. And I just went like Mike did and like many of you did. And I went and I just sat there and began to listen. Sat there and watched the worship. I didn't worship. I didn't know how to worship. I just sat there. But what everybody in the sanctuary didn't know is God's doing the work in my heart. Because all that emptiness is about to leave. You hear this? All that emptiness is about to go. All that emptiness is about to go. Now... The next three or four years of my life would be terrible, would be very hard. And I'm going to share that with you, men. I've never shared it with you. I've been here, I've been here over 15 years and I've never shared it. You know, some people just share everything. I don't share everything. But I'm going to share it with you, men. If you'll come to my house and eat my food, it, it won't kill you. I promise you. <laughs> my wife, I got her eyes big. Is that maybe? Maybe she needs to cook then. <laughs> so. Here's the thing. Listen, listen. So God's getting a hold of my heart. God's about to do something. He's bringing his grace and his mercy in my life. It wasn't long that the gospel, the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit will always do his job. You don't have to help the Holy Spirit. He's, He's the creator. He can do it. And the Holy Spirit started working in my life. And it wasn't very long that I found myself at an altar. Now in our new building, we're gonna have altars for room's sake, we don't have them here. I like altars, or you know, it doesn't have to be a week, it could be something else. I like to kneel. I believe Jesus knelt in private prayer. We find that often in scripture. He fell down, or he knelt down. I went to the altar, and, and what I can tell you is this the Holy Spirit did such a great work. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to bring conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And I knew by the work of the Spirit and the Word of God that I, was the, I, I had to be the greatest sinner the world had ever known. I knew that I had sinned against God. You know, that's the work of the Holy Spirit to, to, to make us aware of where, what we've done so that He can fix it. Unless you know you're a sinner, you, you, you can never acknowledge that sin in your life. So we're not, you know... The gospel is bad news before it's good news. You understand? We, we, we can't just tweak the gospel and make everyone feel good. Oh, you know, come to our church. Our pastor never says anything that's going to offend. No, I want to offend you. Because I want to get you over to the dark side and get you over to the good side. I, w- I want you to go from darkness to light. That, pa- that darkness is holding you. That darkness is a bondage. And Jesus has come to bring us out of the darkness into light. And so when I knelt down at that altar, it's like literally, I I poured out my heart to God. I cried out to the, you know, the Bible says, I cried out to God. As a young man, I just cried out to God with all my heart and all my soul. And all I can tell you, I didn't know all the theology, uh, as I know after, you know, 30 years of studying theology now. But all I know is this, that when I woke up, when I got up, it was, it was literally like they say, I felt as if a thousand pounds had been... Li- it, literally, it felt like a spiritual, emotional weight had literally been lifted off of me. And you know what that was? That was, God, that was the transforming work of the gospel. That literally was the power of sin being broken off my life. And in reality, what I felt was a reality. Because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I had Jesus bring the key and unlock the prison door for me. And that's what he wants to do. To unlock the prison doors. And the power of sin was broken off my life, and, and the blood of Jesus had cleansed my sin. I felt clean. Amen. Isn't that strange when you that the blood of Jesus, the spiritual work is that, the Bible says in Hebrews, He, gives, he cleanses your conscience. The most peaceful thing in the world that will make you sleep at night is to have a clean conscience that you're clean before the Lord. And I was clean. It's really an amazing time. And then... I sat on those same pews. And all of a sudden, I heard this preacher begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. And then he began to talk about speaking with tongues. I thought, what? And Renee was sitting next to me, and I said out loud. When she says, talk about the evidence of speaking with other tongues, I said out loud. She thought I was mocking. She told me to be quiet. I said, because I was inquisitive. You know, inquisitive minds want to know. And I said, tongues? What is tongues? She, I said it out loud, about that loud. And she said, shh, be quiet, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'd never heard of that before. I had literally been in church most of my life, a church. i had never, and never in my life heard this teaching. And as soon as I heard it, I don't know how I knew, but on the inside I thought, I want this. Come on, I want it. Come on, say I want it. So let me, let me make a long story short. So all of a sudden, here's what happened. The Lord put a, a, a tremendous, I would even call it a supernatural hunger in my heart for his presence. I mean, my life has completely changed. I hung around with some guys from the time I was like two years old till I was in my, you know, my teen years. These are my buddies. We did everything together. Immediately, I cut off all relationship with them. Immediately. Some people are hanging on to friendships, and I love those guys. And I've had communication with those guys now as an older, getting older man. I'm going to say older man, getting older man. This is wisdom. (laughs) And those guys, I knew, I I don't know, I, I just knew in my heart if I'm going to keep hanging around you guys, I'm going to be right back in the pit I was in before. And I, and I was so empty, and now I'm so full, and now I'm so happy, and now I have such sense of direction in my life. No way. I don't care what it costs me. I'm not going in back into that. And, and later on, years later, you know, 25 years later, one of those gentlemen said, man, you know, it was like God plucked you out of us. And that's a good way to describe it because God just absolutely plucked me out. Well, what I didn't know, makes me mad. Think about it. What I didn't know was this. That one of my best friends, or really my best friend, was a backslidden Pentecostal kid. That I had been around my whole life that had never once shared Jesus with me. I want to punch him right now. My name is Joe. His name was Joel. Joel. Grew up around this kid my whole life. Never shared Jesus with me. I mean, here, what kind of buddy's that? I'm going to hell. He knows the truth. Come on. Let's tell somebody around us. Let's don't let fear, the fear of man, keeps us from so much. But anyway, so I got hungry for the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tie this off very quickly. I got hungry for the Holy Spirit. And as a young teenage boy, I began to have all-night prayer meetings. And I didn't do this like for a year, but I started having all-night prayer meetings. I was so hungry for God that here's my family not even saved. Then none of them were saved. And in my immediate family. And then, so what I would do is, when it got dark and everybody went to sleep, I would go to the other end of the house. We had, like, the bedrooms were on one end. We had, like, a living, area with a, 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 like a, a living area with a big thing. And then we had, like, a dining area, a kitchen area. And on the other end, there was another big room with a fireplace. I could get on that other end. And I could close it off. And I would just pray. And there's many times I prayed till three, four in the morning, just praying, not even really knowing what I'm just wanting God. I want you, God. I want you, Lord. I want you. I'm hungry. Do you know that would transform the church if we'd all get hungry again? Remember remember the early days of your first love? Come on. Remember when you really loved God? Remember when if you were to give you any choices or Jesus, you would all, I just want to spend time with Jesus. Go off now. I don't want golf. go off. Jesus you know or or whatever movies no get just let me get into a prayer meeting and that that hunger just consumed me absolutely consumed me david said as the deer pants for the water brook so much so longs after you i got hungry and so i started having these prayer meetings i started fasting i was i was never a part of a youth group this was had nothing to do with youth or you, this was just me and god and so one day here it is one day i'm standing at the bus stop and here i am and I got my books, and I'm standing there at the bus stop, and I'm standing there with my books, and I'm, I'm ready to get on the bus. And I'd had all, I'd had, I'd prayed till about four in the morning, went to sleep, got a couple hours, got up, and now I'm at the bus stop. So it's a Friday, and I'm just like something inside. Now I knew, now you kids, I knew this was God. Something inside me said, "You can't go to school today." Now I knew that was God. I thought, Amen. I know that's right. <laughs> that first period algebra class. Yeah, I know I ain't going there. But inside, I thought I can't go to school today. So I turned, went around the block, and the bus came and left. Went around the block to Miss Sanders' house. Now Miss Sanders is with the Lord now. All, what I knew about Miss Sanders, Miss Sanders was the mother of my best friend. I, I, I never talked to her about the Lord or anything, but I just knew there was something very special about her. Something very peaceful about their home. Something they had we didn't. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God was all over me. I was so hungry. So I walked up to the side door and the, it was like a couple steps and the door was here. I knocked on the door and Miss Sanders opens the door and she says, Joe, what are you doing here? And as soon as she said that the Spirit of God fell all over me and I started weeping. And she—I guess she thought somebody had I'd gotten a fight or something. I didn't know what she thought. I started weeping, but I, I wasn't weeping like sad. I was just—I was just tender before God. And so she said, "Come in." And I set the table, got my composure, and then she says, "What's going on?" And I said, "Here's what I said. I'm just a new believer. I'm hungry for God." I said, "Miss Sanders, I've gone out to this Assembly of God Church, and I gave my heart to Jesus, and I'm a Christian." And I said, they're teaching about the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And I said, I don't know what it is, but I know in my heart I need it. Do you know anything about this? And so she smiled and she said, why don't you? Now, she was a much older lady. Her, when, she, when, when my best friend was born, she was probably 40, 43, 40 years. She was older. So now she's in her 60s, or not her 60, but she's getting up there, you know. And so she said, Why don't you go with me today? Let's talk. I got in her car, and so she had to go look at some rent house. All day long, Miss Tan- Sanders taught me about the Holy Spirit. Well, this and that, and I have my Bible, I'd read this and I'd read that. And she gave me a little pamphlet. And this is, this is a long time ago. I still have the pamphlet that she gave me, and it was on how to receive the Holy Spirit. For some reason, the school never called my house. It says, Where's Joe today? So that I, knew, I knew I'd heard from the Lord. I didn't get in trouble. I've been in lots of trouble, but I, I'm not in trouble this day. Somehow God caused them to forget my name. But that day is very precious because an older, dear older lady in the Lord taught me about the Holy Spirit. Long story short, that Sunday night, I knelt at the altar. Nobody was laying hands on me. Nobody was praying. They weren't even preaching on the Holy Spirit. I just knelt down. Do you know if you'll get hungry, you'll break through to God? I knelt down about here at a wooden bench, at a wooden altar. I knelt down and began to pray. And the next thing I know, I had been so gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit. I began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. I didn't even really understand all this, but I can tell you this. The Bible says that when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke with other tongues. Listen, you don't ever have to be afraid of what God does. Everything the Holy Spirit does is, every one of the gifts is so beautiful. And I received the Holy Spirit, and I got in the car that night. Here's the strange thing, and I'm, I'm done. I got in the car that night, and I, had, I, I, I was so touched by the power of God that I had what's called stammering lips. I just hardly could not keep from praying in the Holy Spirit. And then I went home, and here's what, here's, here's what I remember I lay down on the bed late that evening. And I remember not wanting to go to sleep because this experience was so wonderful and it was so glorious. I thought, if I go to sleep, I may lose it and I may not be able to do this the next morning. But here I am, all these years later, all these decades later, and the Holy Spirit's still real. He's still available. How many of you know the river is still available? His promises are sure, His, it's a promise that if, if you seek him, you'll find him, if you seek him with all your heart. I want you to stand.